Good oral health is about more than just brushing and flossing your teeth. Dental disease is 100% preventable, and it starts at home with you. Yep, you heard me right. Cavities are a disease and not something our children should just get. Your mouth is a window into your body, and it has an effect on your speech, breathing, chewing, heart health, so much more, and we're not listening to it. Come along with me on this journey, and I'll give you a whole new perspective of the importance of taking care of your mouth and the long-term effects it has not only on your oral health, but also your overall systemic health. On this podcast, we'll bring you a mixture of professionals, experts in the field that will give you advice and action steps you can take with your kids in different situations. We're also going to have moms, dads, caregivers, just like you, having the same struggles that you are, because together we can make a difference and help keep our kids healthy. Because a healthy mouth is a healthy body and a healthy life. And it all starts with you. Welcome back to the Healthy Mouth Movement Podcast. Today, I have Dr. Cammie Haas, and we're going to talk about your health is under your nose. He has a book that's getting ready to come out, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Everything in our human life has a life cycle, and that's related to your mouth. If you've been following me, you know I feel it all starts in your mouth. So that's why I'm so excited to interview Dr. Haas today. He is with the Super Dentist in San Diego, a large pediatric orthodontic parent dentistry practice. He has a book, If Your Mouth Could Talk, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. Dr. Haas is connecting the dots, much like I am, so I'm excited to be connected with him. We talk about whole body health and how medical and dental fields really should be joined together to treat the whole body in a holistic approach. And that's kind of what I've been experiencing over the last year, and I think that it's really important. So Dr. Haas is kind of a renaissance man. He is a composer, a musician, an orthodontist, an entrepreneur, and he has a mission to help kids, much like mine, to reduce the number of kids that have cavities. So I think that that's absolutely possible. It's the number one preventable childhood disease. And so to me, he's a super hero and a super dentist. So he's also a member of the American Association of Orthodontists, the American Dental Association, California Dental Association, on the Forbes Business Council, and a whole lot of other things. So Dr. Haas, thanks for being here with us and sharing your expertise and your book. I'm so excited for people to get this in their hands and read it. Oh my God, that was like the best introduction I've ever had. Can I just book you for all my introductions? Thank you so much, Sherry. I'm really glad to be here and I'm so excited to share this with you because I know you feel the same way and I couldn't be happier to be here. So let's get started. Okay. So I, I guess my number one question is why should people care about their health and put their mouth as a priority? Great question. So I think unfortunately, because the way our schools are currently established, our dental schools are separate than medical schools and the way the mouth is treated, like I'm a dentist, so I can say it. We're basically mechanics, right? Well, the way we treat mouth and the teeth is so archaic. You know, we dig out cavities and we fill them and then we scrape off plaque and that's all we do. We don't really don't associate, even as professionals, the mouth as part of the body because that's how we're taught in dental schools. And of course, people have over the last 200 years since dental schools were established this way have forgotten that your mouth is connected to your body and everything that happens in your mouth impacts your body in really dramatic ways. You know, it literally impacts your health the quality of your life, your longevity, your mental health, your physical health, the health of pregnancy is connected to chronic disease, is connected to how you do in school. It Literally, there's nothing that happens in your life that doesn't go back to your mouth. So as oral health professionals, I'm just so excited to be in a position that I can help people in all these other areas, as well as just fixing cavities and getting their teeth straightened. Yes, I totally agree with that. I think that it's really important. And I think that in dentistry, at least what I was taught in dentistry, it was about brushing, flossing, fluoride toothpaste, and visiting your dentist regularly. But we now know it's way more than that. It's about yeah. pH and how you're breathing and your diet 
And so I think that a lot of people don't understand that still, even. 100%. In fact, I start my book with this sentence this book is not about brushing and flossing. (laughs) Because I'm like, I think that's all people here. You know, they think your mouth is just about brushing and flossing, just like you said. It's so much more than that. And and I assume people are going to know that you need to brush and floss, but I didn't want to mention that in my book because I felt like that was going to be a waste of space. But kidding aside, you're just like you said, your mouth, there's so many risk factors that we need to be aware of to make sure our mouths are healthy. You mentioned pH, for example. Thank you so much for bringing that up because I think people really don't understand that our mouths, like pH is a huge risk factor. If in fact, you can never get a cap, doesn't matter how much sugar you eat and how terrible you brush your floss. If your pH is balanced, it's at neutral or it's alkaline, you can't get a cavity. Cavity forms where your mouth is acidic, right? Right. And so I think people will learn just those few things that they need to know. Taking care of your mouth is not very complicated. You can spend maybe five minutes, six minutes a day. You can have a really healthy mouth. You can go a couple of times a year to your dentist. There are these other key things. In my book, I literally start with a health of pregnancy because I feel like your oral health starts with your parents' oral health because not only it impacts the health of pregnancy itself, but then as you know, the mom's and the dad's oral microbiome can be passed on to the baby. So it really seeds, it starts the oral health process, either in the right direction or the wrong direction from day one, right? And then as the baby gets older, how even all the other caregivers, you know, their oral health is impacted because again, the baby's oral microbiome is maturing those first two or three years. So that timeline is incredibly critical. And then when the baby goes, the child oral development. So your oral health, I look at it from two perspectives, from microbial perspective, which we've been discussing, but also from its oral development, like the growth and development of the mouth. As an orthodontist, obviously that's an area of my expertise. And so, for example, a lot of people just connect orthodontics to just crooked teeth. But if your mouth is not growing correctly, baby's mouth is not growing correctly, it can impact their airway, which impacts their oxygen intake which can impact every cell in their body, especially those first few years. As you may know, a baby's brain is is at 25% of its size at birth, and it explodes to 90% of its size by age five. So those five years, oxygen, airway, and oxygen intake during when they're not sleeping, but especially when they're sleeping, is so critical. So if the mouth is not growing, it can impact their development in an intellectual way and physical way. When kids get older, they go to school. The number one reason kids get bullied is about their teeth. Kids with oral health problems are three times more likely to miss school and four times more likely to get below average GPA. So it really impacts all these things. I think what my job and your job is as health professional is to educate the public that your mouth is a lot more than cavities and crooked teeth. And it's it really impacts all areas of your life and the areas of your children's lives. And by spending a little bit of attention to it and learning about it, you could set your children on a path to quality of life and success. Yes, absolutely. And since you bring that up, you know, being a myofunctional therapist, airway and breathing is really important. But I think also in orthodontics, we, a lot of the dentists that I work for even tell them to wait until they're, they get all of their permanent teeth. I think from a myofunctional standpoint, you need to have your tongue on the roof of your mouth and you need to get them in their growth and development way earlier than that. So tell me. I mean, a we bit speak more the same that. language, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes, we do. Uh, I, mean, I think I probably, need to know that. It's absolutely, absolutely. I just really, really, I get so sad when I see a twelve-year-old in my office with breathing issues, with behavioral issues, which is linked to the fact that they can't sleep because they can't breathe correctly. Mm-hmm. And and then they've seen a dentist, they have a dentist, but the dentists have told them, "Oh yeah, just wait until all the permanent teeth come in." As if all we do in orthodontics is just straighten crooked teeth. And then it's at that age, many things are late. Like you said, 
the mouth is already fully grown. Your upper jaw on many uh, kids, especially if you're a girl, you know, you grow your growth spread a little bit sooner. The upper jaw may be already, the, the sutures may be already fused. So we can't even, so it, make, it makes our job so much more complicated. And that that child uh, went through early childhood with all those issues and ne they never related it back to their oral health. So again, wait and see, which is, you know, the common thing that a lot of dentists say, it's not, it's almost never a good approach when it comes to your oral health. You want to take care of problems as they come. And honestly, if you take care of your teeth uh, to begin with, and you follow a few steps that I discussed in the book, and I'm sure your listeners uh, already know because they listen to you and you cover that, but prevention, like everything else, is the key. But if, if the problem does come along, then you want to address it as quickly as possible. Yes. So how early do you start seeing kids in your practice? That's a great question. So we have a, we are, I'm really lucky because we have a group practice with world-class pediatric dentists, orthodontists, general dentists, hygienists, and other specialists. So we address issues as they come. We always recommend, not only me, American Academy of Pediatric Dentistry recommends that every child sees a pediatric dentist right when the baby teeth start coming in, which is usually around six months of age. Now, if you want my opinion, that's the latest you should see a pediatric dentist. Why? Because as I said, your oral health or the mom and dad's oral health impact literally everything from fertility. So that could impact actually and the health of the pregnancy both for both the mom and the fetus. So I would recommend really anytime you're thinking about having a baby, establish a dental home, make sure you have a pediatric dentist, make sure you as a mom and, and a dad, you have a dentist yourself, your mouths are healthy from three areas, from airway, from your teeth and from your gums. So when we make sure you have a healthy mouth. And then of course, as soon as you have your baby, if there are any particular issues, like let's just say if, if a baby has any breastfeeding issues, people usually don't relate that to oral health, but you could, I'll give you an example. You, the baby could have a tongue tie. The current literature says up to 10% of kids have a tongue tie, but in my own experience, that's probably closer to about 30% of kids. I think they just get underdiagnosed or misdiagnosed. And if you have a, if a baby has a tongue tie, which is so easily fixed at when they're infants, and it takes a few seconds for us to fix it. But if it's not fixed, it can interfere with everything from breastfeeding to airway to sleep. As you mentioned earlier, the tongue doesn't rest against the palate correctly, so the palate doesn't develop correctly. It completely, the, the whole growth of the face and the mouth and the airway changes because of that one little procedure that could be done at birth. Yeah. So we like to see really kids as young as possible. And then we monitor. I mean, we see them every three to six months and hopefully nothing will come up and then we're just monitoring them. And if there are little recommendations about tips on brushing and flossing and when do you use a toothpaste on a baby and what type of toothpaste, is fluoride safe or not safe? These are the things that instead of Googling it and getting all the wrong information on the internet, you know, you can trust our specialists or pediatric dentists, or that's all they do. Or, you know, as like oral habits, like we work with myofunctional therapists hand in hand because we think oral habits are, they need to be addressed again as early as possible. Because for example, as you know, if, for example, a tongue type, if it's not released past age two, needs to go hand in hand with speech therapy and other therapies because the tongue doesn't just rest normally back to, doesn't find its normal place when it's been out of place for so long. So we want to address these problems as early as possible and having collaborating with all these different specialists, we can address those things with the right person at the right time. Yeah, that's perfect. I love that. And here's the, the issue that I see a lot of parents having is, you know, they say they want to take their child to the dentist and they say, well, the dentist says don't bring them in. But I think that's where you find a pediatric dentist. And if you exactly. can't find one, you can go to the website and find one that will take your child sooner. And you're hundred percent right. I think general dentists, as wonderful as you are, I mean, I'm, obviously I'm a general dentist first before I become a specialist. So, you know, I can probably speak about general dentists. So they're not specialists in kids, right? 
And they know how to make a crown a lot better than I know how to make a crown and do root canals a lot better than I would do a root canal. But they don't know orthodontics the way I do it, right? Because that's all I do. I've, I've gone to specialty. That's just all I do in my practice. Pediatric dentists is the same thing. Pediatric dentists, they're all general dentists first. They go to two years, at least more of residency, and that's all they do. So not only they're more experts on, on children, but their staff are more experts on children. Their office are designed for children. Their tools are all small. They're, because another thing that's so critical, 30 to 40 million Americans have dental phobia. They avoid the dentist, up to about a third of the population. When do you think those negative associations are formed? Typically, they form when you're, they're kids, right? So it's not just the physical things that we know as pediatric dentists about what to do with a pediatric child and what age do we need to do X, Y, and Z. It's about providing an environment so they build positive associations with their oral care, so they grow up loving their mouth and loving their teeth and love and few, having fewer problems. So they, again, that adds to having a positive association with the oral care. So then uh, we basically raise a generation of people who are not going to have a fear of the dentist. They're not going to have a fear of taking care of their mouth. And we're going to have a healthier generation and the next generation and so on and so on. Absolutely. And I think that that's really important because what you put in and how you take care of yourself actually affects three to seven generations out. So 100%. I think that this younger age group, they're more into prevention, whereas we're more into treating the symptoms once we have them. So I think that's why what you're doing, what I'm doing is really important if getting this information out so we can start with the generations that are to come and start being healthier. So we have to start now in this generation. So that way our generations, our kids, our grandkids are going to be healthier as well. A hundred percent. In fact, in my office, I'm sure you see the same thing. It's very common for people to say, I hear this all the time. Hey, Dr. Haas, I have bad teeth just because my parents have bad teeth, right? But I want to tell the audience that first of all, only 10% of dental problems are genetic. 90% is our own fault. Having said that, as parents, just like you very well said, what we do epigenetically affects the genes that we're actually passing on to our children and grandchildren. So it's not just the DNA that we're born with, our behavior, our habits, the diet that we have, how we take care of our mouth, we can actually pass that information epigenetically to our children and the grandchildren. So if getting yourself into a good, healthy lifestyle is difficult for you, think about what you're doing is actually impacting your children. I think that's usually a, a good way of getting people incentivized to take care of themselves even better. I agree. And, and a lot of people don't even know what it's going to affect their grandchildren as well. That's right. For several generations. Yeah. That's right. And that's, that's, exactly. that's why your book is so important because what you put in your mouth affects everything too, not, not only how you care for your mouth. So that's, that's exactly why right. everything starts with your mouth. As far as both you and I are concerned, we definitely talk the same language. <laughs> I know. So it's so wonderful. I mean, your, your mouth, as they say, I know people talk, say it's the gateway to your body. Well, just think about it for a minute. Nearly everything that enters your body goes to your mouth, from air to bacteria to viruses to food to toxins. So either you have a healthy mouth and it makes sure that you get the healthy stuff in your body, but unhealthy mouth that makes that it, it passes on the unhealthy stuff. I'll give you an example. If you know, we're our mouth, our bodies, we have more microbes in our bodies than now we have human cells. We know that now for, for we've known that for over a decade. Somewhere between three to 10 times more bacteria in our body than we have human cells. And so in our mouth, we have billions of microbes, right? And when you have a, because I've had a lot of people say, what well, Dr. Hans, I don't understand what happens up here in my mouth. What does that have to do with my heart or the unborn baby or my brain and my lung health? 
And I always have to remind them that, you know, these microbes in your mouth, uh, when you have bleeding gums, you know, there's two ways that your mouth, the health of the mouth from a microbial perspective can impact your body. One is that actually the bacteria or its toxins, they can get into the bloodstream through the bleeding gums or open root canals. And then they can, of course, where does the blood go? Everywhere, right? It can travel anywhere in the body and cause a local infection or inflammatory response. Or the inflammation in the mouth can cause systemic inflammation that can cause, you know, damage to the organs. So, there are many ways that your, the health of your mouth can dramatically impact every organ from your heart to your lungs, to your brain. You know, it's, your oral health, uh, it's linked to cardiovascular disease, to Alzheimer's, to arthritis, to, you know, to a healthy pregnancy, to, I mean, there's nothing that I, and every day we know there's more, another study that shows another connection. So there's probably connected to many other things that we just didn't even know yet, but it's coming. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So, and that that's a, another reason why I don't talk a lot about brushing and flossing. Like when I first started doing this, that's all I talked about was brushing and flossing until I realized that it was so much more than that. Like you talked about, you could not brush and look at back when Western Price used to study, they didn't have cavities, they didn't have crooked teeth. So it has that's a right. lot to do with just the agricultural revolution and what we're doing and our habits. Exactly. So, the so, food has changed dramatically because of the agricultural revolution. And as the food has changed and we eat just more carbs and more starch, the bacteria in our body has also evolved, right? And they've actually, S. mutants, as you know, is one of the common uh, bacteria for cavities. And they've actually followed the, the, its evolution, the DNA evolution of it for the last 10,000 years or 11,000 years when the agricultural revolution started. And they literally have seen that we've created a monster. We've created a bacteria that's very different than used to be 10,000 years ago. So it can survive in the acidic part of the mouth a lot better and it can cause a lot more damage than it used to. And that's why we need to take care of our mouths. Uh, you know, like you very mentioned, when Price uh, did his studies back then, like you said, the people were not brushing or flossing and they still had healthier mouths because the food was healthier. It was all natural. It was the original source. They were naturally getting their teeth, the nutrients that it needed. Because I think another misconception is people think cavities is very simply about sugar and not brushing my teeth. But there are a lot of other factors. Just the food itself, it's not just what's in the food that's bad, like the sugar, but what's missing from our foods these days, which wasn't missing 10,000 years ago, which is these vitamins and nutrients and minerals that our mouths need for healthy development and, and which we don't have. So we need to get that in our bodies somewhere, like either through oral care products or supplements or through really healthy foods. Absolutely. So what action steps do you think that parents should take, especially like if they're, if they're struggling to get their kids to brush their teeth, I tell them, give them grace. What would you recommend? if someone was struggling to get their kids to perfect brush. so as uh, so we follow i kind of recommend they need to use oral care products that are super s u p e r right they need to be incredibly safe obviously it goes without saying but as you know unfortunately many of the conventional even natural products quote unquote that says natural on the tube they have so many either less than safe ingredients or downright toxic ingredients in it so and we need to educate the public, you know, my job and your job, what we're trying to do as a profession, I think we're trying to educate people how to read these labels. You know, I think people are starting to learn how to read food labels, but they don't know what's in a toothpaste or a mouthwash or this. And so safety, you know, S, safe. They need to be safe, obviously. They need to be unified, you, because they need to work, work together as a system, right? I literally, Cherie, know people who take a, a mouth rinse, mouthwash that says it kills 99.9% .9 of the germs on the bottle. And on the other hand, they take probiotics. And so they take a, a, the most potent antibiotic there is, and then they take probiotics. And then I, I actually brought it to their attention. This just happened literally two weeks ago. And I said, you know that you're taking this, this thing is killing 99.9% .9 of your microbes as advertised on the bottle. And this one, you're adding more bi bacteria. 
when I told him, the guy's like, oh my God, I never thought about it this way. I just saw the two ads and I thought I should probably do both, right? So that's that's on the you side. So P in super, uh, to your question, is playfulness. Because of you know all these negative associations to oral care, we want to make things fun. You know, at my practice, the super dentist, we have superheroes and villains and we make movies and we make augmented reality and we have... We, I mean, we have our own music and children's book and theming and games and toys. And, you know, it just, I'm not exaggerating when I ask my parents, how did you, why did you pick our practice? They say, my kids begged me to come here. <laughs> I mean, what kid begs a parent to go to the dentist? But that's what we hear. So that's P, playfulness. Awesome. Uh, e is effective. None of this stuff matters if oral care products are not effective, right? And, and this is another thing I see. For example, I think a lot of people say, okay, I've heard fluoride potentially is toxic. Well, you know, again, I have. I think fluoride has positive and negative things, and we can discuss that at some point if you want. But let's just say you're in the camp of non-fluoride, right? So you go to the supermarket. You will say, okay, I'm in the camp of non-fluoride. I'm going to get something that says natural on it, and I don't care what else is in there. Does it work? I don't know. Does what? Is, so they maybe get something that's filled with essential oils that's really an antibiotic. You know, some of the essential oils like peppermint oil and eucalyptus oil. And so anyway, so that's the effectiveness. What am I giving? Is it preventing cavities? Is it pre preventing gum disease? Is it providing nutrients, supplements to the oral areas? And obviously your mouth is more than just teeth, right? What else does my mouth need to grow healthy, to protect itself against damage, all of that? And then R is reputable. Your oral information needs to come from experts like you and me or your pediatric dentist, your hygienist, your own dentist, not from Google or social media or what influencer, whatever, whoever doesn't know, they know little to no information about dentistry, but just because it's the latest trend. So, and I can get it because there's so much misinformation that I think people just give up sometime and said, you know what, I'm just going to Google it and whatever as Amazon on sale, whatever, whatever product has the boldest claim on it, or it, my son or daughter likes the flavor. They just mix these decisions on these factors based uh, versus basing it on science and facts and quality and clinical research. And so again, my book, uh, the reason I wrote it is because after 25 years of people asking me similar questions like you are, but I didn't have the time to sit down for and explain it to them. I'm like, this is just not fair that all of this information is in my head. I need to put it somewhere. And because there's just so much scattered information out there, I thought I should put it all in one place as a good resource for parents to look at and other professionals, hopefully to also use it as a reference for themselves as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I, that's what I'm working on too. The Healthy Mouth Handbook kind of following I love that. what you're saying. for. I'm parents. really excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited about yours too. I can't wait. I, I've really enjoyed talking to you. So we touched a little bit. I want to talk about one more subject. We talked a little bit about sleep and how it affects your children. So if I think a lot of parents don't realize too, that some of the behavioral effects that they're having have to do with their sleep and their mouth and their mouth breathing and some of the things that they can look at. So when parents are having children that have dark circles under their eyes or bedwetting or not sleeping, what things should parents look for and maybe even see a dentist who does work with airway or an airway orthodontist or somebody that does that? Because again, not all dentists, not all dental hygienists all think alike. So what should parents look for and who do you recommend that they see for that? Because that I see a lot of pa parents that are struggling with this and who to actually see. So Sherry, this is the first time we've met, right? Yes. I got to tell you, I just love talking with you because <laughs> I feel like I'm finally preaching to the choir. You know, 
It's so hard to find even other dental professional that think like we do and we look at the whole body. And like, I got to tell you, even 99% of expert dentists don't really connect oral health to sleep or to airway because that's not how they were trained in school. So, so I'm really glad you brought this topic up. I actually have a full chapter in my book just on oral health and airway and sleep because this is such an important thing. It's actually my longest chapter in the book. And so as you very well said, your mouth. So, because I think the mistake that people think is you, they think of the mouth as just your teeth, you know, this little area that your teeth are. And they also think of the teeth as just like these dead objects and just to polish it from the outside by the toothbrush and have the dentist polish it even better twice a year. But your mouth, your maxilla, your upper jaw, it's the bone that goes all the way under your eyes, right? Mm -hmm. It forms half of your cheekbones. It supports your airway and nose. And then your lower jaw is the rest of your lower face. So other than your, really your eyes and your forehead, the rest of your face is your, uh, is your mouth, right? right? And as you very well said, that like your palate, your palate is the roof of your mouth, but it's also the floor of your nose. Mm -hmm. So if you have a mouth that's small, you have a crossbar, you have crowding, you should automatically think this child probably has airway issues. It's yeah. like having a duplex, right? You can't have a lower level that's smaller, but the upper level that's bigger, right? They all move together. And so we as, that's another reason why I love working in my practice because we have a group practice. Again, it's a little bit more challenging when you have individual doctors, then you have to send this child out to a, a, this specialist and that specialist. But in a group setting, it's a little bit easier, but that can be done. Um, but what I love is we could get involved very early. Like, so let's, let's kind of go through a scenario. When a baby is born, first of all, if they're a preterm birth, their mouth could be underdeveloped. And it, one of the causes of preterm birth or low birth weight is uh, unhealthy pregnancy due to mom's poor oral health from both perspective, the microbial perspective and airway. Because the mom could have sleep apnea herself and that obviously can interfere with the uh, development of the fetus or she could have microbial un unhealthy mouth which could cause everything from diabetes during pregnancy or preeclampsia, which is a fairly dangerous uh, pregnancy complication. But let's just say the baby's born and they have a tongue tie, like we mentioned earlier. Well, if you don't fix the tongue tie, then that mouth is just not going to grow correctly because the tongue is not going to be seating correctly. The baby may not be able to get breastfed correctly. And, and then so they're going to be introducing the bottle and pacifier and or the baby could be thumb sucking. And all these other factors could impact the growth of the mouth. When the mouth is not growing correctly, the baby may be breathing through the mouth versus the nose. Mouth breathing can again interfere with the growth of the mouth in a correct way, you know, because you do need to breathe. Everybody needs to be breathing through the nose all the time, except if you're congested temporarily with the sickness or let's just say you're exercising hard. But all the other times you can, you should not be breathing with your mouth. So if you see your baby or child breathing through their mouth, either during sleep or when they're watching TV, when they're studying or they're just in the car, there's a problem. You need to fix it immediately. Breathing, it's nothing you want to wait around because it impacts oxygen intake, which impacts the intellectual and the physical development of, of that child. So what do we do? We can fix you know, the oral habits. We, we would send someone uh, like that to you as a my functional therapist for thumb sucking, let's just say. Well, how do we get rid of the pacifier? If on the bottle, as a pediatric dentist, we will monitor the growth and development, make sure that the, the mouth is growing correctly. We obviously, we want to, if there's a tongue tie or other issues that's interfering with breastfeeding, we want to reduce it. Because, and I know breastfeeding is not for everybody. They're it's, it's a complicated decision. Some people can't do it. And I don't want people to think, oh my God, I, I missed the opportunity. There are many other things you can do to make sure that your child is a, has a healthy mouth. But I do, if you ask me, I would say yes. I would definitely recommend breastfeeding because it's a natural way of doing so many things. The mouth, the baby learns to breathe through the nose. 
the muscles of the face are grow better. The milk itself is perfect for that baby specifically. It has all the nutrients. It has the prebiotics that the microbes need. There are all the reasons. I've, again, I've, I've discussed that like several pages in the book. But And then as the child uh, gets older, let's just say you have a crossbite, then the orthodontist gets involved. We expand the upper jaw. And fixing a crossbite is not just to get the bite fixed, which is a great important thing because we can only do it before the jaw fuses, which starts around age eight. Another reason why we don't want to wait until the kids are about 12 years old, but expanding the upper jaw will fix the bite. We'll get the airway better, corrects the airway and the nasal airways without changing the shape of the nose. You get better airways. Just you'll be breathing through bigger straws than a smaller straw. It'll make the smile broader and nicer, more attractive. It'll reduce the likelihood of pulling permanent teeth later. Maybe either eliminate the need for braces or at least reduce the likelihood or reduce the time and complexity of it. And then as the child gets older, we can bring the lower jaw forward and create more space for the tongue. So as you can see, depending on the age, dental experts with different specialties can step in and provide care as needed, right? Depending on what the need is, if you're if you do everything correctly, maybe you never need really anything. You, I, in an ideal world, like I can tell you, I had, unfortunately, I'll admit to it, when I was a kid, I had a ton of cavities and I had braces twice, at least three to four years when I was a kid. I had four of my teeth pulled, my bicuspids, and then later my wisdom teeth. And then I had it again as two years of my residency. So my mouth is a mess or was a mess when I was a kid. My nine-year-old has zero cavities. His bite is perfect. His space for his teeth are perfect. And it's not by accident. And by the way, he's a kid. He has a sweet tooth. He, it's not like He's a kid still. He just happened to have a pediatric dentist mom and an orthodontist dad. So we followed a few steps that it's very easy to follow, you know, from day one. And then, you know, a few things, how to take care of your mouth and how to clean your mouth and, you know, make sure you brush your teeth before breakfast, not after breakfast. You don't want to damage your enamel. These little things, you know, maybe add some nanohydroxyapatite in the toothpaste. Just these little things that we've done over the years, and he has a healthy mouth, and all everybody can have the same thing, and hopefully the next generation of people will grow up with healthy mouths. Yes, I agree. That was a great explanation. That is awesome. I like I said, I I can't wait to read your book, and I can't wait to collaborate with you and work with you more. Um, Likewise, I'm really excited to work with you. This is really one of the best interviews I've done. So thank you so much. It was just so fun talking to someone who already knows so much about everything, and we're on the same page. So. You made my day. Yes. Well, you made mine. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I'd definitely like to do it again. Different talk, like you have some other things coming out. I'd love to do this again and talk about that. I'll be happy so, to do it. Thank you. Where can people get your book? Okay. So you can buy it from your favorite bookstore, as long as you live in United States, Canada, UK, all the English speaking countries. You can order from any bookstore you want, or you can order online from Amazon or any other place. If you are locally in San Diego or anywhere in Southern California, you can also go to our own website, themouthbook.com. And there, if you buy the book before the launch date, which is April 5th, so we have another three weeks, then we just have some bonuses for people to buy the book before the launch date. And the reason, only reason to say that works better for Southern California people is because we have a couple of those gifts all related to San Diego. One is a $25 gift certificate to the Super Dentist, which is my practice. But another cool event is COVID willing, if this is behind us uh, soon, June 26th, we're going to be breaking the Guinness World of Record in San Diego doing a Padres game with over 20,000 people flossing at the same time. So that's we, we're giving away some prizes around that event on our website as well. But but if that website doesn't work out or if you don't want to make a trip to San Diego, then you can go to any bookstore or anywhere online and the book is available. If Obviously, the title of it is If Your Mouth Could Talk. That is awesome. Thank you so much. So then for people who are in California or want to fly out to see you, where do they find you? 
Yeah, so I, I live in San Diego and I work in San Diego. I don't see patients personally anymore, but our, we have a very large practice. We're probably one of the largest group dental practices in Southern California. We have a lot of great super dentists, you know, and amazing crew members. And so we're in Southern California, but as you said, like the Guinness thing, we are giving away staycations in San Diego and everything so they can uh, they can get it there. And so I'm also available if people want to, they can also go to my personal website, drkamihos.com, D-R-K-A-M-I-H-O-S-S.com. And then the name of our practice is The Super Dentist. So they can go to the super dentists with an S. Com. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I have very much enjoyed meeting you. Thank you again. And I'm excited for your book. I think it's going to be very, very helpful. And this was, I agree with you. This is probably one of the best podcasts I've done just because we are so like-minded and on the same page. It's, it's amazing to talk to somebody like that. So thank you. I so feel much. the same way. Thank you so much. If this was helpful, please share. We want to get this information out to as many people as possible, especially moms of younger children. So you can see that the growth and development of your face is totally connected to your mouth and your nose. And it's important that you know what to look for for your child so they don't grow up having these issues and you get to their growth and development before they get to the age of 12. And so not to say that you can't help your children, it's just a little bit more difficult than if you catch it when they're younger and we use their growth and development for this. So I'm so excited excited that you listened to this. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. If it was helpful, please share with someone else that you think might benefit from this information. The more people that we can get out there, we can create a healthy mouth movement and reduce the number of kids that have cavities and sleep disordered breathing. Thank you for listening today. If something you heard made you smile, made you think, empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure you share this with a friend. Write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook page, Dental Hygiene 411, or hit the link in the show notes to join a conversation. Until next time, breathe through your nose and share a smile. After all, they're contagious.